Welcome to the My Amazon Guys show. I'm joined today by Colby Almond, who is quite the Amazon expert. He's kind of an aggregator of sorts, and he's got a big SEO background. So Colby, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing, Steve? So today we're going to be doing an Amazon journey where we go through and talk about where uh, what Colby has done, his origin story, if you will. Before we do that, though, uh, Colby, where are you located? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can't tell by the Hornets gear. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how are they doing this year? Uh, we have a playoff game tonight to see if we actually get into playoffs. So, if we can so win that's, playoffs. that's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a bad, bad decade for the Hornets, so. It's good to see us doing well once. And and so we were talking about Calabash right before we uh, flipped live here. You were telling me about the food scene there. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, Calabash is on the North Carolina coast, and they are well known for their seafood. Uh, literally bring it from the docks to the restaurants. So I know Stephen said one of his warehouses is there, and I was telling him, you want some of the best seafood in North Carolina? That is absolutely the place to go. So, All right, well, let's jump in here so colby uh with your journey and your your amazon start how did you get started on amazon yeah uh, i of course had a huge seo background uh coming out of college uh, the university of north carolina made us do an entrepreneurship program and i chose a small startup that uh, was an seo firm and worked for them for you know five years agency and learned from some of the best and brightest then moved to uh, another agency where I worked with a lot of big names such as uh, Home Depot, uh, HBO, Paramount Pictures, landed some really big clients there and really liked that. And uh, After working for clients for so long, I really wanted to come back home and do something here in Charlotte um, that I could really call my own. And that's where... What, what was it like working for some of those big companies uh, like ESPN, Home Depot, that kind of thing? Or it was surprisingly, I mean, there wasn't as much red tape as I thought there would be. I mean, working for ESPN was one of the uh, one of the highlights of my career, I would say, in that um, we literally landed them after I gave a speech at uh, Search Love Boston in 2012. They were nice. They were in the tw they were in the crowd and uh, handed myself and our CEO the business card and. Within a month, we'd signed them, and uh, quarterly, I'd fly up to Bristol, Connecticut, and go through the headquarters, and it was kind of, you know, eye-opening, and, you know, I'm a big sports fan, so it was really cool. I, I bet there was a nice little uh, connection there. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and for those big corporations, just basically agencies within agencies within a corporation, so <laughs> they, they know your background, and they respect it, um, and they're open to a lot of... Uh, a lot of ideas as long as you can prove them with data so uh, we were all about you know delivering on what we promised and uh, making sure that our clients got the most for their money so uh, all right so so you got your start uh working in agency land and then uh what happened next i took a shot at a aggregator here in charlotte um elements brands and they were uh acquiring small amazon businesses or shopify businesses and scaling them up uh, basically mom and pops and then uh, turning them around. So it was um, different and I liked it. And um, a lot of my SEO background applied to one, the Shopify stores, of course, but two, I started to get my feet wet with Amazon and uh, really started to turn around some of the businesses there. And uh, after working for the aggregator, I decided I wanted to go for, you know, one company and one product instead of, you know, working on 20 different products at once. Um, 
just go to one category. Um, that's where I'm at now. And so uh, with Element Brands, um, you know, they, they're one of the earlier aggregators, are they not? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so you, you worked on lots of accounts. You worked on lots of products. What attracted you to kind of go on to the private label side of things? Uh, just the idea of, you know, being in one category uh, and owning that product uh, was huge for me and that I could learn about it. I can learn about the customers more, how to speak to them, how to create content. Uh, a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have if you didn't own that product or that label. Uh, that uh, really, really attracted me to that. All right. So when you started doing uh, Amazon stuff, what did you learn along the way? Basically, if you have a background in SEO, uh, Amazon is like easy mode for that. Um, a lot of the techniques that worked for Google back in 2012 actually work for Amazon today. Of course, they don't work for Google, but if you understood the basics of ranking and keywords and uh, building out and uh, optimizing your pages, your websites, then uh, transferring that knowledge to an Amazon listing is pretty seamless. And uh, in the people that I've hired and worked with, uh, having that SEO background has been a big asset uh, for them. So I think SEO is probably the most underrated thing uh, to grow sales on Amazon. Why do you think Amazon SEO is such a widely misunderstood topic? Uh, it has a lot of negative connotation behind it. I think when you say SEO, a lot of people think just, you know, stuffing backlinks into a website and getting it to rank on Google. Um, there's a lot of people out there, you know, read an SEO blog or read an SEO website and think they're experts overnight. They don't really understand the technicalities behind the practice. I mean, that's why they're SEO agencies. Um, if you've been in the weeds and, you know, taken a bad product to a great product in terms of ranking, uh, then you know all of the elements that go into it. Uh, my first uh, client was actually a colon cleanser. And my CTO at the time who put me on that account said, if you can sell crap, you can sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, uh, basically I had my hands in crap for the first two years of my uh, career that, uh, that taught me that, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, what category you're in, you can always make it appeal to somebody. So I once sold gold and silver coins. I think that was the easiest product I ever sold. Everybody wants fiat currency to be turned into like a physical metal, of course. Yeah. Um, so on the scale of 10 being difficult, one being super easy, what was colon cleanser on that spectrum? <laughs> it was... Uh, about a nine, I would say. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you were having to outrank the medical keywords for uh, .edu's and medical centers, and then the product was ridiculously expensive. And you're know, going after organic people as well. I mean, um, a lot of nuts and bolts went into uh, marketing that product that you had to really uh, get around. So I'm going to take a couple of questions and pepper them in here from the audience as they come in. So Kenzie says, um, watching us over on Twitch, I'm stuck on what to sell. So Colby, what's, uh, what products do you have and how did you choose those products? That's what Kenzie wants to know. I work for a uh, company that does mattress toppers and sleep products. And uh, our CEO, uh, Gabe, he actually spent uh, 10 years in China uh, 
he lived, he's from North Carolina, but he spent 10 years in China and really perfected the memory foam process and uh, knew a lot about it and saw an opportunity there to uh, really get into the market uh, because we have the high level players like per Purple and Casper. And then you have the really cheap stuff and we wanted to be a top quality brand uh, that can deliver at a really, you know, attractive price point. Um, in terms of what products to choose from, um, I'm all about, you know, differentiating and uh, looking at what's trending right now and if there's a way that you can apply any kind of products to that trend. Um, it's just a lot of research that goes involved, is involved with it. And, um, you know, you're not going to find a product overnight, but, uh, you know, one night something might pop in your head and you get to researching it and it's a viable product that you can sell on Amazon. So you just have to look for that opportunity. What, I always struggle with the product sourcing or the start and the picking of a product. There's so much data out there. Like I get like data paralysis. Um, so like, what do you, do you, do you have like a whiteboard when you think about this kind of stuff or, or how do you kind of think through that product selection other than trends? Um, God, yeah, there are so many different tools out there. I think I've signed up for six different softwares. <laughs> um, you know, uh, when you're thinking about another product to pitch to your uh, CEO that we want to sell, uh, one of the best ways to think about it is, you know, do I want to start a new product or do I want to start a variation off of an existing product that we have? Um, so you might, for instance, we might be selling, you know, blue, white, and gray comforters, but I see that, uh, you know, um, purple comforters are, you know, trending upwards and, you know, it might be for some specific reason, we don't know, but there's an opportunity there, then obviously we can use our existing listings to launch that product. Um, in terms of discovering new opportunities, I do like uh, Amazon's tool, their um, product opportunity explorer to really see uh, what niche products are out there and what you can really, uh, what you might be missing because, um, you know, as the search volume increases and search trends increase, uh, that's where you can really find some low hanging fruit in terms of, uh, you know, not very competitive, but how they search uh, keywords and terms and, you know, get product ideas from that. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see all the data come out of, of Amazon. There's a bunch of new tools that Seller Central has added, right? And so the product opportunity explorer, you can now see the conversion rate of your entire category and how you have like what your percentage of market share is. Um, lots of really cool data things coming out. What do you think? Um, what's a data set that you wish Amazon had or you wish a tool existed for? Just curious. It doesn't. I would love to see our mobile conversion rate. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, surprise, mobile data just all of a sudden showed up like a week ago in your business. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> we don't have the conversion rate for mobile-specific data. That's what really bugged me about that. If we do, then please tell me. But uh, in looking at it, you know, we have the mobile sessions, browser sessions, and then our overall conversion rate, but not a conversion rate that's broken down between mobile and browser, um, which would be nice to have because then we could focus our budget and our labor on specific, um, you know, products that might be mobile friendly or more browser friendly. I mean, uh, I would love to have that data, but right now, all we know is, you know, do we get more clicks on mobile or browser? We don't know where they're buying it at. So we've seen uh, seen a lot of that data come out, and it was interesting when the business reports just all of a sudden, like your conversion rate went tanked in half 
one week over the next and 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 amazon didn't send out an announcement <laughs> they just they just packed in new data in there typical mo so yeah. other, in, true, other, in true amazon fashion you can only yeah. go back a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and you can only go back a year all right so other amazon news that happened this morning uh amazon added a new fuel surcharge you may not have even seen this yet colby uh, but now they're going to be charging 5% more uh, on FBA fees with a surcharge. So any any hot takes on on 5% fuel surcharges coming in? Uh, it always gets pushed to the uh, sellers or customers, it seems like. Um, no, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, they're making so much profit and revenue right now. I'm kind of surprised to see that they're actually doing that. Um, but... Uh, it's we're making a huge move towards uh, FBM and solid fill prime. And this just uh, adds to the reasoning of why we should be doing that. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit more control in that. Um, trying to get that prime badge, very difficult to run the SFP program. Um, you know, Saturday deliveries and all the other challenges. Um, all right. So this, uh, this question comes in from uh, LinkedIn. Have you heard any rumors about new features that are rolling out for solar central being available for vendor central suffering from some major FOMO. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll add my two cents here. I doubt that Vendor Central will get any new features this year. <laughs> like, I think Amazon is actively trying to kill Vendor Central personally. Any any thoughts on your side? Uh, no, I think the same. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a dying platform. Uh, Milan from LinkedIn says, great. Uh, Abdallah from LinkedIn says, can we start an Amazon FBA private label business with $15,000? That's actually a pretty good chunk uh, for most people getting started. What do you think? I've heard of people starting from, you know, less than $10,000. So it's absolutely doable, especially if you're, you know, a primary order isn't, you know, a huge chunk of your budget and you're just testing out, then yeah, go for it. Yeah, I would I would say um, like bootstrapping 3K might be possible, maybe, but 5K is comfortably bootstrapped. 10K, you're like you're in business for sure. So yeah, Abdullah, I think I think 15K is actually a pretty solid number. Um, all right, so let's go to the next one here. Uh, Kenzie from uh, from Twitch says, "Would you think I should sign up for my seller's account or wait until I find the product?" Kind of a chicken or an egg question. Uh, I would go for the seller's account first. I mean, to get the use to it, to really see the back end and uh, know what you have to do. Um, you don't have to take your products live when you have the seller account. So no really harm in it. Yeah, 40 bucks a month, you're going to be able to do the research and see some of the data and the conversions. Plus, it'll marinate the account. I think that's a good answer. All right, let's dive into more of some more meat and potatoes on SEO. Since you're an SEO expert, uh, John Aspinall says SEO is a dirty word for Amazon. They want people to blindly believe that ranking and visibility strictly comes from the PPC algorithm. What is your thought on that? Uh, I think that they want us to believe that, but the data and, you know, uh, testing have said otherwise. Um, it's the same with Google. They want people to believe that Google always has the upper hand and, uh, you really can't do anything to help improve it, but they've become more transparent about it in terms of they have uh, personalities on Twitter that will answer questions and confirm and disconfirm uh, Google updates. Amazon doesn't have that. They kind of roll out the updates, you know, as is or, you know, hidden. So you have to, one, figure out what they've done to figure out how you can uh, either 
uh, optimize your listings for it or um, really figure it out, like what uh, factors are going into this uh, this push in the rank or, you know, losing rank. Um, they, I do believe that they want people to, you know, think that PPC helps ranking uh, because that's more money for them. And of course it actually does. We've seen that, but um, you know, there are also things like driving external traffic, social media and stuff like that that can play into your ranking as well. So um, yeah, it's not that SEO is a dirty word. It's just a word that's um, not used official, officially for Amazon really. So tell me, you, you mentioned some of the changes that you all of a sudden you log into Amazon and boom, there's a change. So like what, what are some of the changes that you've seen over the last couple of years that maybe some people haven't been aware of? Oh man. Um, a lot of the emphasis on different factors in listing rankings, such as um, it used to be all about sales, you know, who's selling more, what price point it is, uh, who's making overall sales were a big ranking factor, but we've seen other factors such as, um, you know, uh, reviews, ratings, um, the conversion rates, the traffic to the listing, and all of that starting to play a bigger factor into the rankings. It used to be more simplistic, and now we're seeing a more advanced Amazon algorithms that we have in the past. Um, so I'm going to do something a little unique here. I'm going to share my screen, and we're going to go look at one of your listings. So, so Colby, is um, he works over at Soft. Did I say that right? Bisco soft. Bisco soft. Sorry. All right. So very beautiful listing. Check this out, guys. Almost 10,000 reviews. So Colby really knows his stuff when we're talking today. Um, beautiful imagery. And, and, and selling an item like this is significantly different in sort of the mentality. Like, so a lot of categories, you always have to go some, some white on, on the side. Here we see on my side, uh, the secondary image is showing in the new beta form, right? So we started to see this kind of pop up um, and not everybody has the same experience. Some of the things I really like about the listing is that we're showing people, right? We're seeing face faces, we're seeing banana for scale, product and use shots. I think that's a very great ad. We've got variations and all kinds of sizes, uh, probably, probably middle of the road in terms of uh, amount of text in the title. Uh, very, very solid bullet points here. Let's scroll down. Uh, even have the brand story. Most people don't know about this yet. Brand story here. Great opportunity to add an additional module here. Yeah. And that's actually the uh, old module. So yeah. the new updated one, in my opinion, looks worse on mobile, but, um, this was the first module that they came out with. And now if we want to update it, we have to go to the new format. So kind of putting that off for a while, just because I like right. this. Yeah. What did you like about the new, the old format more than the new? Just curious. Uh, in terms of mobile, this looks more attractive um, when you go to the mobile listing. Um, the new one, you have to scroll horizontally to see everything, which is just not very intuitive to the user. So that's that's an interesting point. Um, do you think do you think a lot of people are 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 buying? You know, on mobile for for memory foam mattresses. Like I I assume it's a pretty high percentage actually, but just curious why you're focused on mobile uh because the majority of our uh majority of our traffic is coming from mobile um, in terms of getting the first impression and then doing their research uh we want to make sure that, that is a good experience because 
it doesn't matter if they buy on mobile or desktop, they're probably going to be researching at this price point, other competitors. So we want to make sure they remember us and come back. So like, I'm just trying to like picture myself shopping for your item. I wonder if this is the sort of item that I would shop for while I'm laying in my uncomfortable bed. <laughs> that's, that's a, uh, a good question because it seems like the kind of item that you would want to go to the store and lay on first uh, to see if you think it's comfortable. And that's why imagery and descriptions and content that, you know, display how it feels is very important to our listings because uh, we want to make sure that the user can see themselves enjoying this mattress topper. And uh, yeah, we really, really, uh, you know, count on that. And, and the A-plus content, I can tell, definitely very mobile-focused. We've got lots of big imagery here um, and minimal amounts of, of text. Everything's in the image. So that, that I assume, is all intentional then. Yes, and um, I'm going through it's one of my to-do list this week is actually adding some text into the A-plus content like you've been suggesting. So, uh, yeah, got to do that. Yeah, so it sounds so we'll we'll pull uh we'll pull back from from the listing here. Um, so what are what are your favorite SEO hacks? You think everybody needs to go do? A lot of people think that they're um, in terms of uh, Amazon SEO hacks or Google. Sorry. Um, so let's 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 talk Amazon. All right, we'll talk Amazon. Uh, a lot of people will ignore their stores, their storefronts, um, and you know, they have them, but they don't embrace them. And if you go into your advertising account and look at the traffic your storefront's getting, it's pretty substantial. And especially the sales that it's attributing to. And so one of my favorite things to do is um, running a lot of our external uh, traffic to our storefront. Um, one, because it doesn't count as, um, you know, uh, traffic to our listings, which might not convert and decrease our conversion rate, but two. Oh, that's an interesting point. I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Right. For those that are listening, that was a huge nugget that Colby just shared. If you're worried that the traffic you're generating won't convert, you're better off sending them to the brand store instead of a listing to affect it. Interesting. Yep. And think of it as a landing page. You know, if you do uh, a Facebook ad, you always send it to a landing page before your Amazon product. Um, this is now your landing page on Amazon. Think of it like that. I like that a lot. All right. So this is the brand store. Um, and, and, and so, uh, we got a couple comments coming in from, from LinkedIn. So we'll grab these. Uh, so, uh, Muneeb says, hello, professor. Nice to see you live. Uh, so I've, I've, I've gained a new nickname in the last couple of days, couple of weeks because we launched mag school, uh, where, where people can learn PPC and SEO courses at mag school.com. So thank you for the, uh, professor shout out there. Um, so another comment came coming in, um, Here's another one. I'm curious, what are you using for a tech stack for measuring and monitoring Amazon SEO? I've noticed that there aren't that many platforms out there when compared to Google, traditional SEO. How long before we have an FDM rush or a Harris for Amazon? So I have a strong opinion on this one, but let's, let's hear your take. Oh, man. I've really liked using Sellerboard lately um, because it takes all of the business reports and data and combines them into one easy to use um, format so I can see, you know, warehouse fees, uh, you know, PVC per item, break it down to child level, um, basically everything that's on the, you know, PL statements for Amazon is right there for me in one place. Um, enter your cogs and you're good to go. You can have a really good overview of how your 
you know, month or quarter is going. So really love Celeboard right now. That's my newest uh, tool that I'm working with. Helium 10, uh, keyword tracking, of course, uh, Perpetua for advertising. Um, and there is an SDM rush for uh, Amazon. It's called SalesOn. And I speak for a lot of their webinars and write for them. And it's actually got a uh, tool that's really um, useful. And the SEM rush is largely uh, SEO Google uh, company, but they have all that data from Google and all the sites that they've been doing for over a decade. Um, they have a tool that allows you to enter your, your ASIN or your competitor's ASIN and see on where every one of their Google links is coming from. So if that ASIN is mentioned on Google, they will tell you where it's mentioned on the blogs or websites or anything like that. So you can see where your competitors are getting their external traffic and either go after you know those sites trying to get your product on there or my favorite thing to do is um to go through the list and see if you know our competitor is out of stock of the product that's on that website and say you know hey we know, yeah we notice you have an affiliate link on your website to this product we have stock you know you don't want to miss out on money or um do the whole <laughs> seo play of saying hey you have a broken link that affects your rank here's a you know brand new link that works you know so that's an old backlink hack that we used to use that is a classic backlink hack and uh -huh. a very very underrated one that most amazon sellers aren't even thinking about on the radar so so yeah i think colby gave a great answer I'll, I'll just add this i think that we already have as powerful of data in an sem rush or an a harris on the market right now and quite frankly i used to pay four five thousand dollars a month for keyword tracking softwares for websites that you can now get for like a hundred bucks for Amazon. And so the amount of data that's available now is just insane uh, in comparison, in my opinion. Mohammed um, says, what are the better approaches when creating brand awareness on a newly launched product? So what's, what's your go-to launch product strategy, Colby? Uh, do you have an existing email base? If you do, those are your biggest fans. Um, one of the things that I used to like to do is take our existing email base and start building up hype around the new product. And so, uh, you know, 90 days out, send out an email saying we have a, you know, new exclusive product coming out for, you know, Amazon only get on the VIP list. And then of course you have um, a percentage of those people that sign up for the VIP list and then uh, put them in a flow that basically countdowns the days. And then when it goes live on Amazon, send them to that listing with a coupon code and you know there you go there's a ton of you know basically guaranteed uh, purchases and pretty much guaranteed reviews because you know that they're really big fans of your product that's a really interesting point i don't think a lot of um amazon sellers are taking advantage of hype right they just they just launch the product and then start running amazon ppc and then fall asleep right. on, on one of your nice comforters so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's a great point. Uh, any other launch hacks or tips that you would recommend? Uh, don't blast it with uh, traffic initially. You want to keep that conversion rate as high as possible. But uh, good content on your ads is a key. If you're going to go aggressive, you know, keep the ACOS high and uh, really try to you know build that initial uh, sales volume. And then you have to have good content and uh, a good sales pitch. I mean. You're not selling this to yourself. Uh, you're selling it to your customers. So I like to uh, 
you know, once or twice a month, go into voice of a customer. And I think with Helium 10, you can download all of your reviews into one space uh, or one Excel spreadsheet, and then just input that into a word cloud generator. And that'll give you what most people are saying about your brand, either positive or negative. And I like to build my ads around that and new products listings around, you know, what people want to hear and what they don't want to hear. All right. So give me your favorite Amazon hack of the year. Best thing that you learned uh, so far in 2022 that you think everybody needs to go do. Oh, that's a really good question right now. Um, I would say uh, going in and refreshing your listings, at least, you know, once every few months, uh, just doing a refresh on the titles, the keywords in the back end. It what, seems what do you mean? It's not just set it and forget it and hashtag passive income. We actually have to work on your listings. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't know or don't um, think about the whole seasonality of your, your listings. Uh, so, for instance, if we have a comforter uh, during the wintertime, we want to say, you know, it's warm, cozy. During the summertime, we want to say, you know, it's cool and uh, fluffy, you know. Uh, so we want to go in and change uh, some of those aspects every once in a while. And I think it gives a little boost to the, to the listing just to have that refresh. And it tells Amazon you're keeping an eye on it. You're changing it. Uh, you're really, uh, you know, showing love to this listing. Muneeb from LinkedIn says, how much time will we should we take to test any keyword? And what if it is not performing well? Should we add it to the negative keywords list? So how, how long until you negate something? Uh usually give it a, you know, two or three weeks. It depends on how much we're spending on it. But um, if it's a keyword you think is going to work and it should work, then you might give it a little longer. But um, at the end of the day, if it's not, you know, showing conversions and showing any kind of uh, positive results, then it's time to negate it. Is there a particular like number of clicks that you would suggest or? I, I usually look at conversion rate, to be honest with you. Um, so that seems, that seems to be like a common uh, resonating theme today. Colby is definitely a conversion guy. We, we talked about the conversion of a storefront versus a listing, the conversion of mobile friendly, uh, and, and, and the conversion of a keyword. So, so Colby, very much a, a conversion type of topic today. Very interesting. All right. So, so Colby, if, uh, if anybody, you know, you, you're, you're out online, you're frequently talking on some other webinars as well. Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or, or learn more, maybe invite you to their podcast, what, what should they do, Colby? Um, find me on LinkedIn. It's the easiest way to uh, get a hold of me. I'm usually uh, pretty active on there. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Add, add Colby on LinkedIn. And, and by the way, the, the, the way that Colby and I got connected was we sent out some kits to some some brands that we wanted to do business with. And Colby got one of those kits. So, Colby, what did I send you? Uh, he sent me some soap and uh, a tumbler, which my wife now uses and loves. So <laughs> if I were a coffee guy, I would use it. But, um, yeah, the soap was uh, – the charcoal was very interesting because I know that's a hot product right now. We actually have a charcoal um, mattress stopper. So – uh, really like that soap. Well, I'm gonna go float float over here. So here here is some of the soaps that we sent out, and that black one I believe is the charcoal one. Yeah. Um, so great. Well, glad glad you enjoyed the kit, and uh, to Colby's wife, enjoy the tumbler. It keeps <laughs> things cold a very very long time. Yeah. Well, Colby, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. This is the My Amazon Guy podcast. 
Um, and we appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, that is the My Amazon Guy podcast today. On Friday, I will have my customary uh, Ask Me Anything at noon Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you then. Thanks.